0: time for the Vintage Truth Podcast with best-selling author and Bible teacher, Jeff Kinley. Hey, and welcome to the Vintage Truth Podcast, episode 120. I can't believe we've done 120 of these uh, podcasts, and I want to thank those of you who have been so faithful in supporting this podcast ministry, Um, you know, some uh, for as little as $8 a month, or just saying, hey, Jeff, it's worth a dollar to me. To hear you talk for 20 minutes you know and i appreciate that and uh you know because this broadcast is reaching some 41 countries across the world i'm not making that up it's incredible thousands of people are listening in every week across the world and it's it's all glory to god and it's all god's word so i don't care i'm just glad that uh, that the word is getting out and so it's his word and it's his truth so if you'd like to support this ministry uh, go to jeffkinley.com, click on the Donate tab, and uh, you can give whatever amount you want to, and set up a monthly if you want to do that as well. And then also, um, I've just been getting so, such good news about my new book, Uncovering the Secrets of Bible Prophecy. This little book is a great, handy, short tool that you can take to understand the basics of Bible prophecy and how you can develop biblical discernment in today's confusing times. And it's also a fantastic gift to give to someone and maybe he's just starting out in this whole idea of understanding Bible discernment and, and prophecy and that type of thing. And, you know, don't be afraid by that word prophecy. Uh, prophecy, it makes up 28% of the Bible. So there's so much in the Bible that God wants us to know about what has happened, what is happening, what's going to happen. And the Christian has the inside track on that. So don't neglect that. It's, it's part of the package we get when we get our Bibles and, and the spirit living within it, in us. And, and speaking of the spirit, I've talked about last in the last podcast about what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And um, I wanna continue talking about that because this is such a, this is kind of a, you know, opening the basement door, you know, there's a lot of compartments down there in the basement when you talk about how we struggle as believers. And I've never, ever met a Christian who doesn't struggle in some way. And we all wanna know how to overcome and how to be uh, victorious. And so, uh, you know, we talked about the fact that we have these two natures within us, the old nature and the new nature, and the old nature is still inside us. It's kind of like this rotting corpse, and our hearts, our old hearts, are still uh, sin factories. You know, it would be great if we could just blame it on the big bad world up there, but, but Jesus said in Mark chapter 7, verses 13 through 23, Jesus said that your problem and my problem is not the world, but it's our own heart. He said that all these horrible sins come from within. We're idle factories. We're, we're sin manufacturers in our own hearts, and we struggle with that. So we have this two-nature thing going on with the new nature and the old nature. So one of the things that we try to do is we, in order to fix this, because we all want to do better, we all want to follow God, right? One of the things we do is we, we simply... Uh, try to come up with solutions that we think is going to kill that beast, going to slay that zombie within. And God says, all of your solutions are bogus because it's like uh, it, it's like your sin nature is like a charging wild you know steer and you're throwing cotton balls at it with all your stupid solutions. But you say, well, Jeff, what, what are some of the solutions that we try to do? Well, here's the biggest one that we do. Well, there are two biggies, okay? The first one is, is that we simply try harder. Yeah. Yeah. We try harder. What does that, what does that look like? Now watch, listen carefully here. Cause this is going to, I'm going to split some hairs. All right. We'll say, we'll add a quiet time. Uh, we'll just schedule in another quiet time or we'll join another Bible study. Or we'll say, well, I'm going to sign up to serve somewhere as if that's going to change you in on the inside or we'll, Take on a new Christian activity, or or here it is, we'll go on a missions trip. That'll do it for me. Hey, I've been on dozens of missions trips, taking people all over the world. Guess what? That in and of itself cannot change you. It can give you a better perspective, but only God can change. And so just adding Christian things onto your life is not the answer. Now, God can use those things, but they're not the answer biblically. Okay, And so basically we try how do we try harder? Well, we add those things. Secondly, we, we, we just try to kind of exercise willpower. You know, deep down within, there's still that sense of pride that we think somehow we can still overcome. Now typically, if you're part of uh, uh, especially in the in the South, uh, a tradition that we have in the South and churches, we have this thing we do. It's called rededicating our lives or recommitting our lives. We think that if we make a decision to commit, then that decision is going to carry us into victory. The problem is, is that it can't. And I could tell you hundreds of stories of people that I've known, particularly when I was in youth ministry of teenagers who would recommit their lives at a retreat or at a camp or you know a weekend or on a wednesday night whatever and just dive right back into their to their sin again or they just lose steam you know it's almost like this recommitting is like blowing up a balloon and letting it go yeah you're going to have an initial thrust and you're going to have an initial wow there's movement wow look look what's happening now and then the air runs out the problem with willpower is that there's never enough willpower and the second problem with willpower is that willpower can't change the inside. It can only control the actions. So I would have students who at the end of a church service would stand up to go walk forward. I don't, I don't know why we do this, but, but we, we love to have people walk forward so that other people can wonder why they're walking forward and whisper about it. But anyway, they'd walk forward and I would reach up. I remember this one kid. He was probably 16, 17 years old. I reached up and grabbed him by the back of the pants, by the belt loop. And I jerked him back down onto the pew and I said, stop it. Stop it. You you recommit every week and nothing ever changes. This is not working for you. Okay? So simply recommitting doesn't do it. Why? Trying harder doesn't do it. Why? Because what happens is, is that you end up falling into sin again or or, or not fulfilling that commitment long term and no matter what you do or how hard you try you just can't win. And so you you're confused about your Christian life. Why can't I? Why can't I live for Christ like others? You become disturbed about it. You begin you get frustrated. You can you can even become depressed. Start to think of yourself as a fake or of a hypocrite. And, and here's the ultimate. Here's the ultimate trying harder, okay? Recommitment. Ultimately you say to yourself, "Well, I guess I must not be really saved after all. So what's the answer? Get saved again. That's right. So you get saved again, which is which is really recommitment 2.0, okay? It's just a repackaged old gift, you know, like you repackage old gifts, you know, re-gift things. It's just a repackaged recommitment. It's all that is. So you think that if I add the idea of trusting, God, I really mean it this time. I really trust in your son to save me this time. Oh, well, then now you're okay. And all you've done is put air in the balloon. It's going gonna, it's gonna to peter out just as soon as you let it go. So you get saved again. The same thing happens. And you, what you discover is this, is that that old sin nature is a formidable enemy to deal with. And after a while, to be honest, it just feels easier just to give in and follow your own self and just say, well, I'm doing the best I can. I don't think myself is okay the way it is. You know, the reality of the Christian life is that it is bloody, and messy and it never goes away that struggle with sin so don't try harder it's not a a solution to the problem that you have as we talked about last time being filled with the spirit is but we have to identify some of the ways in which we uh we try to overcome that sin within let me give you a second way that we try to overcome the sin within and this is huge as well is that second way we try to do it is that we, um, we just follow our heart. We go with our heart and our natural desires because we say to ourselves, "Well, I'm a Christian. I'm saved. I I can just trust myself, and and whatever I do will be the right thing to do." Well, here's the problem with that. There's no Bible verse that tells you to simply go with your heart or follow your heart. In fact, Proverbs 28:26 says he who trusts in himself is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom is kept safe. You say, Jeff, what about that verse in Psalm 37 verse four says, delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. Right. That's exactly what he'll do. He will give you the desires that you're supposed to have when you delight yourself in him. The idea is that you're delighting yourself in him. Meaning what? Meaning really you're being filled with the spirit. And so he, you're getting your cues, your desires from him. Well, where's that coming from? It's coming from the word of God. It's not coming from your thoughts. You're just making this stuff up. So it's, it's the idea is one, one uh, Christian, I think it was John Piper may have said, love God and do as you please. I mean, if you're really loving God, if you're really delighting yourself in him, as you're really being filled with the spirit, then allow those, those desires are eventually going to be God's desires in your life. But but you can't just follow your own heart. You can't just oh I'll just be real and honest and that kind of thing. No, you need change. You're not enough. I'm not enough for my life. So you can't try harder. you can't trust in your own heart. What's a third reason? a third thing that we try to do? Here's the third one. This is a huge one. Here we go. ready for this and they did it back in Jesus day. You just simply make a rule. So if you're having a problem with anger, you make a rule, if you're having a problem with lust, you you put a block on your computer that's it. You're, you're fine now, right? If you're having a problem with a warrior anxiety, uh, then you just uh, have your best friend call you up and ask you how you're doing. Or you have little text messages that you get from people, or you just remove things in your life that are tempting. Now, all those things in their proper context are not necessarily bad. The problem is, is that they really don't work. Now you can prevent, now hear me carefully here, you can stop certain behavior with certain external rules that, that actually works okay and and people on the outside look at you and go wow that's look at them well that's you know any religion can do that i mean you look at muslims you say well gosh they don't steal very much they're they're really nice people that's because you get your hand chopped off in some of their countries because they got a rule that says we chop your hands off if you steal so they don't steal. So that external rule works for the external behavior, but it doesn't work for the heart. How do we know that? Jesus said in Matthew, uh, excuse me, Mark chapter 7 verses 13 through 23, that all of our problems with sin come from the heart. That's where they come from. And the temptations that are out there in the world, you know, all they're doing is simply prompting that, sin, that fire. It's just throwing something on the fire that's already burning it within you, within me. Now the Pharisees in Jesus' day were fantastic at this. They were experts at making rules. In fact, they had some some 613 extra rules that they added to all of the commandments in the Old Testament. And the problem with man-made rules is that they cannot achieve inward righteousness. Why? Well, because they're (laughs) man-made. And God's rules without the transformation from within cannot achieve righteousness i.e. the entire old testament you see the jews thought that they by just simply obeying the rituals that somehow that would save them and jesus came along and said no it's a heart issue it's not just what you do it's not just obeying the things i've told you to do it's obeying from the heart so they had all these rules and they would pervert and misapply scripture. They would add to God's word. And and the problem with rule keeping is this. There are two basic problems with rule keeping. By the way, I've got a, a whole section in my book on worship. I've got a whole section in there called um, uh, I Kissed Legalism Goodbye. And it's all about the 10 things, uh, 10 negative uh, I- impacts that legalism has on a person's life. But let me give you two of them right here. The two things that that legalism does, number one, is that it it makes you feel superior from other people, over other people. In other words, because you're keeping the rules and they're not, then you're somehow better than they are. And that's called self-righteousness, okay? And that was the problem with the Pharisees. They thought because they were obeying all the rules, even to the point of dressing a certain way and having Bible verses strapped to their wrists and to their foreheads, even doing that, they thought they were better than other people. Self-righteousness. And there are few things that God cannot stand more than self-righteousness. He hates it. You know why? Because it's robbing him of his glory, and it's robbing you of experiencing the righteousness that Christ wants to give you and wants to develop within you. So so self-righteousness, making rules, uh, creates this idea of self-righteousness. The second reason that it's a bad idea is, is because so because keeping the rules can't help us. <laughs> it just can't help us. See the, the Jews believed that that religion and external rules could slay that sin and zombie within making them holy and godly, but they were absolutely wrong. And Paul goes on in, in Galatians chapter 5 by the way, he has this this whole polemic here, this whole uh, list of reasons proving why, Religion and legalism can't help us. He says in Galatians chapter 5 that if all you need are rules, then you don't need Jesus. If all you need is a a written rule that will change your heart and make you a a righteous person, you don't need Jesus, and you don't need the Holy Spirit, and you don't even need a relationship with God. That's why some of the most legalistic, quote-unquote, Christians that I've met in my life have no evidence of really knowing God. They just do the right things and avoid the bad things. And then they talk like they're these great Christians. I would rather rather be around someone who struggles with sin every day and knows it than a person who thinks they don't struggle and a person who thinks they've got it all together. So if all you need are rules, Paul says, you don't even need Jesus. He goes on to say that children are the ones who need more rules and direction and concrete boundaries. But he says with maturity comes wisdom and relationship. Instead of duty driving the Christian life, Paul says that desire and devotion begin to to drive our lives. He goes on to say that rule-based Christianity produces pride and self-righteousness, what we just said. He also says that keeping the rules is deceptive. He says that also in Colossians chapter uh, chapter 2, verses 20 through 23, I believe. It's deceptive. It tricks us. Why, why does keeping the rules trick us? Because he says it has the appearance of wisdom, but it's not wise. It's not wise at all. It's deceptive lies. It's not wise. It's lies. That's what legalism does. That's what rule keeping does. And Paul says that it has absolutely no value against our flesh. He goes on to say in Galatians, he says, rule-based Christianity just feeds the flesh. It gives us, gives, it's food for the old sin nature because it makes us feel good about ourselves. You see, rules and works impact our behavior only. It's an outside external thing, but a relationship with Jesus and being filled with the Holy Spirit impacts the heart. It's an inward transformation. And as Paul says in Galatians 3.16, the word of Christ richly dwelling within us, Romans 12, one two, letting the word of God transform our minds, that's within, begins within. So if our sin nature can't control us or dominate us through just getting us off into complete sin and immorality, it'll gladly become religious. It'll gladly become prideful. It'll gladly try harder. It'll gladly pursue self-accomplishment towards righteousness, but it'll never make it. And we'll never go through life realizing how desperately we need God and the Holy Spirit and Jesus in our lives like we need air. You see, Pharisees don't need a Messiah. Only sinners do. And so I want you to avoid these traps of trying harder, of trusting in yourself, and of making rules like Pharisees. The way that we follow God is not simply through obeying the rules, it's through following Him. And then when He turns and says to us, Oh, hey, I want you to do this, and you take that command, that rule, whatever you want to, what it is, it's coming from someone that you love. So obedience becomes a response in love to someone that you're in a love relationship with, that you're in a submiss- submission relationship with, and Being filled with the Spirit means you're submitting yourself to the power of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit to get you through life, get you through every day. And that's just such great news because I don't have to worry about it anymore. I just simply allow myself to be filled with the Spirit, to be controlled by Him, and I can go on my way. And you know what? One final quick thing I want to say about this. Allowing yourself to be under the control of the Holy Spirit is something that you and I do many times every day. It's not something we do like getting saved Or make it a decision for the week. It's something we do every day. Whenever we realize we've sinned. Whenever we realize we're weak. Whenever we realize we need more power. Or to overcome something. Or to battle something. Allow the Holy Spirit to fill your life. And stop trying harder. It'll never work. And that is the natural way. That God has designed for you and I to live. Isn't that good news? You can overcome through His power. Hey, have a great weekend. I'll talk to you on Monday. God bless. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Truth Podcast. Please subscribe and share with a friend. For more about Jeff's ministry, go to jeffkinley.com.